If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117, and you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. Hello and welcome to Podcast Unlocked, episode 505. That's a palindrome. Uh, as Ryan McCaffrey would say, I have to do this for him because he is on a very well-deserved vacation and I am filling in as host. I'm Miranda Sanchez, joined by an excellent cast on August 3rd, 2021. And we have so much to talk about. So first, let's introduce Destin Legary. Hello, Ma'am. welcome. Hey, everybody. You're the ex. You're the ex. I did I the, you I did, did it. You did it earlier. Intro. Please don't make him do it again. <laughs> yeah. It's the Xbox logo. <laughs> and that is Stella <laughs> Chung joining us once again. Welcome back, Stella. Hello. Uh, Destin, Nick- please. <laughs> I'm, okay. I'm excited that Stella is joining us again. Okay. Everybody really okay. likes Thank it. You. Can you just do that for every transition whenever you change topics? Yeah. yeah. Sure. All right. that's, you that's your challenge this episode. <laughs> uh, now I'm doing challenges. Uh, and then joining us for his unlock debut is Nick Lamone. Doing it too. Oh. <laughs> Hi, everyone. It's okay. me, Nick Lamone. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm sorry. That's what you do, oh, right? No. no, you're good. You're you good. It. You got it, Nick. Um, How's it going? Hey, uh, welcome. Thank Better you so much now. for joining us. So Nick, you're a senior <laughs> producer here at IGN. Uh, you do a lot of very cool stuff, but can you give our listeners a little bit of background on your Xbox history? Yeah, of course. So uh, I was, as a child, an unwashed heathen. I did not own an original Xbox, but my cousin did, and he played Halo on it, and I just knew Xbox equals Halo. Therefore, I need to get an Xbox. Fast forward to high school, got an Xbox 360, ironically played a ton of Halo 2 on it, and then... Skipped out a little bit on Xbox One, but now I am completely back in Xbox Series X, PC, Game Pass Ultimate. I'm all in, baby. All in. Nice. And the nice thing, too, is that since you have Game Pass, you can just go play everything you missed from the Xbox One. Easy peasy. Mm -hmm. Very awesome. Also, I would just big shout out to cousins and neighbors for having systems that we didn't have. So we can go play them. Big mood. Uh, So let's get right into it because we have so much to talk about. Obviously, the biggest thing that we want to dive into is Halo Infinite Tech Preview, which we all got to play. Very fortunate. Um, Shout out to everyone who played with us over the weekend. It was really awesome. Uh, But let's do first, around the room, 
I want your first impressions. Like, what what did you guys think overall? Let's not get into detail because we're going to break this down because there is so much to dig into here. So, Stella, what do you think as like our resident like competitive shooter? Player? <laughs> uh, so this is my first um, Halo multiplayer experience. Really, I played a little bit before, but not enough to really say like, hey, I've played Halo before. Uh, so getting into it, I was like, oh my god, what are these guns? But I ended up really liking it. It's really fun. I only got to do the PvP versus bots instead of players. Um, so that was actually kind of nice though, because as a new player, I was like, oh, I get to like see the speed. I, I get to understand the different weapons. I get to see what I like. Um, went down. So I actually ended up really liking it. Um, I haven't played a lot of arena shooters before, uh, but that's definitely one of the better ones that I've played. And I, okay, I have to say, I learned really quickly that grenade play is so important and it oh, was yeah. so funny. It was so funny to see like the ragdolls happen, but it's also really fun timing the bounces so that you know that when an enemy is around the corner, you have to time that bounce because after the first bounce, it explodes. So I really liked that. It felt like a game of chess and I really liked it. Yeah. Uh, also, the bots are just wild with grenades. Why are they so good? <laughs> I, was someone like someone posted a clip on Twitter where they got no scope shot by, <laughs> by the sniper, my bot, and I was like, they should not be able to do that. <laughs> <laughs> These bots. We'll get into that soon here too. Uh, Dustin, what do you think? Uh, it was awesome, and this gameplay is just so good. Am I right, everybody? <laughs> is this you? Is this yeah, you? It's, it's uh, still aiming down the side. I see. It's all right. Huh? It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> yeah. So, so I did the uh, the preview over the weekend, and um, I'm very, very impressed by this. Obviously, it started. It was a little bit uh, hiccupy at the beginning, but once people started getting in, they were like having the same reaction I I had, which was. Of glee <laughs> oh yeah uh, the, the game is really really good i had a ton of fun with it i like how everything is balanced there's this little slide mechanic you do if you hit any sort of ledge you slide a little bit faster then you can jump to continue that momentum mm -hmm. and, and uh yeah it's, it's a really great game i don't want to gush too much because i know you want to save it for the oh we'll the have <laughs> we're gonna gush about every single aspect of this tech preview don't worry <laughs> yeah, i i loved it i love yeah it. uh nick how about you what do you think uh like dustin said it just it feels like Halo again. It feels it is very evocative of the Halo that I came to know and love growing up. And for me, Halo is very synonymous with its early betas, like jump in, give it a test drive, kick the tires a bit and see how you like it. And this was if this is indicative of the final product to just the smallest degree, then I am all in. I cannot wait to jump into Halo Infinite because from what I played, everything just feels pretty dang polished. Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, so. From, from my impressions of it, there were, you know, technical issues, but that's mm -hmm. part of it, right? We all went understanding that. But even still, it was just so Nick, exactly as you said, like this feels like Halo, but a modern Halo, which is, of course, what we are looking for. Um, and I didn't feel like there was really much holding me back from this being like a Halo game, but also acknowledging that it's 2021. But like the movement there, like exactly as you said, Dustin, like there's so many little things that just say, hey, like we understand like these advances, like, you know, pinging, which are they called marking in Halo Infinite. And just all these little things that it's like, hey, these are, you know, stuff that is like standard now in shooters, especially free to play shooters, which this is going to be. And like they're really gunning for mm -hmm. getting, you know, a lot of new players into here. So still people like you coming in, like hopefully going to, you know, stick with it. Mm -hmm. um, and I think from this, this little preview, it's very impressive. And I'm so excited. Uh, so let's talk about bots layer first you guys like or dislike about that this is the first time we're getting to just like play against bots which 
um, again, getting in new players. I think one of the thing I took or the biggest thing I took away from this entire preview was how much they're trying to allow you to learn quickly. Like there are a lot of subtle things in there that say, hey, here's a lot of visual indicators and like just actions that are popping for you that can help you learn so much quickly and make that really accessible, but also optional. Like if you don't want to learn, if you don't really care about getting better, you don't have to. Um, but I think the bots are just such a great place for that. And uh, first, let's go to Destin since you got to write a preview. What did you think about it? Yeah, the bots were really smart. Of course, they started uh, on dumb mode, basically, to sort of like <laughs> let you get your feet wet, let you sort of experience the game and get used to the map, the live fire map, which was the first one that was on. And then they released uh, Bazaar and uh, uh, the other one, I can't remember, Recharge later on. And um, I really like the bots, actually. They're just smart enough to offer you a challenge and sort of teach you how you should be playing and if you watch their behavior you can actually be like oh i never thought about trying that you know maybe i should give that a chance and just see how that weapon combo works or or that strategy works but they did have a predictable pattern of going to certain locations on the map which yeah. <laughs> is sort of fun because you can get a lot of ki cool kills all in one if, if you know where to hide and uh sort of peek them and uh yeah the bots um much smarter than i expected in just the right way like like you said Miranda they're sort of teaching you how to play the game and then once you get once you have that understanding you're good to go this is why I write down previews because I don't do good off the cuff <laughs> oh no I have like a full page of notes um just real quick and shout out to other things we did so obviously Dustin did his preview he's done a lot of great video work over the time um if you missed the tech um the tech preview or just want to see what was in it. I also wrote up a very big guide page on this. So it's just the July 2021 test flight. And it just basically has all the information on the maps that were available, um, what the battle pass looked like, and just a lot of other things that you can kind of get into as far as like what weapons were available as well. Um, but no, that that's such a great point, Dustin. I think the easy bots, yes, are easy, but they were actually pretty impressive. Like having played a lot of different games with how like you want them to offer some challenge like realistically obviously they're not gonna be better than people but once we get to the spartan level later in the weekend that was good uh nick what did you think yeah uh i think the thing that most impressed me was just the learning ability of the bots like if you didn't learn how to play halo infinite the bots sure as hell did and i was just <laughs> impressed at how their ai kind of adapted and evolved over the course of what three days it was nuts seeing how much better they improved obviously with the difficulty uh bump but also just like from match to match i, I could have swore like I was seeing smarter and more tactical plays from the bots and it and it was like a, a way of warming these old bones up you know it just felt like i don't know any of these maps and this is a great way for me to explore the map but also understand how i can ground with area denial with stuff that's predictable so if i are i always know that you know, all four of the Spartan bots are going to spawn on this bottom left alcove. I can start practicing my grenade tosses. I can start practicing my bounces and whatnot. And I think that overall applied, uh, I, I kind of carried over those learnings to the PVP stuff. And I was like, wow, I'm so glad I learned these angles when I was playing up against bots. Uh, so yeah, it was just a good opportunity to explore and play around with the new movement and uh, the slide, especially. Yeah, exactly that. I sort of wish there were a way for you to do um against bots but have them run certain formations at the beginning so that you mm -hmm. could test that it's like how do these 
apt so I can learn how to approach that sort of situation. Like that's like really in the weeds of getting better at games, but it's like that would be really cool. And well, well like Stella, happened. like Stella touched on though, like Halo is a game about bouncing grenades. It's about mm-hmm. it's about maneuvering via uh, your grenade, and whoever gets the grenade drop usually wins the firefight. So the fact that this allows that, it's it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah, Stella, what did you think? Um, yeah, I thought the bots did a great job of giving like new players a challenge um at least at first like yeah they were pretty easy to fight up against but there would be some situations where you're surrounded by two and you realize oh a 1v2 in halo is not the same as a 1v2 in apex so it makes you adapt really quickly or make you realize certain situations are impossible so you have to be careful about like approaching a group of uh spartans basically so it's it's really interesting though because i was able to learn a lot of things um the slide is cool i feel like i still need to mess with it to really figure out potential of movement in halo um it definitely is way more floaty than any other shooter played but i kind of it's kind of nice because your aim doesn't really waver too much when your aim doesn't really matter as opposed to like if you're in csgo or something if you're moving it it doesn't really um hit so i kind of like the floaty aspect um it's just taking some getting used to but yeah i don't know it, it was really fun um it makes me really excited to get more game time in again to mess around with movement especially because i feel like that could be huge oh yeah absolutely and i'm glad that you brought up how floaty it feels because i think that's just been something sort of signature with halo as well is like the jumps feel very distinct because you go rather high so it's mm-hmm. like <laughs> where are you going um yeah but it's, it's like that risk and reward right like if you are good at taking those shots when you jump you can get a lot out of that but also you're putting out yourself that risk of okay well how much health do you have do you is your shield still up can you yeah. actually like achieve whatever you're trying to do, whether it's just trying to um, sort of disorient your op- opponent or if you're just trying to get out of a bad situation and hope that yeah. you can jump away, which it does, yeah. it oh. can. Also, melee is super important. After you put in a mag in an enemy or if you grenade them and take their shields off, just melee them and it's like a one-hit kill. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I got messed up by bots, by bots doing that to me, so I decided <laughs> to do it to Den. So, you know, it was, it was great. But I was just like, man, okay, apparently my elbow punch does a lot of damage. Good to know. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's one of the things I preached about this as well is that I got to like test the distance that you could jump with the melee. Yes. Um, so at first I was like, is this very far or is this actually kind of short? And it's a good middle range, I would say. It doesn't feel like it, or at least from what I played, it didn't feel like it was too intense of a jump because some games definitely have like your melee is like, well, you just teleported however many yeah. feet. Exactly. But, you know? Yeah. It felt right. like you had to be pretty accurate with it, which was kind of nice. Yeah. Every every time I picked up the needler, which we were just seeing there, I thought of you, yeah. Miranda. Thank you. I was like, this footage is for Miranda. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you guys, I just like went straight for the needler. We'll talk about favorite weapons here soon, but I was so glad to see needler needler presence on like pretty much every map. Um, we're also looking right now at Bazaar. If you guys are watching, if you're listening, I'll kind of like guide you through this a little bit. Um, one thing that I did try to do was just like look around these maps and kind of get a feel for them. I kind of felt a little guilty because that meant I wasn't actually fighting. I was just <laughs> wandering the streets. Um, but I want you all to know you can shoot the chickens. And when <laughs> I was going to ask if Destin had shot any of the chickens because I, I saw him looking at them. I did not. I I'm saw not a monster. <laughs> I saw I'm the monster. <laughs> Wait, did did who else who else is a monster? Please raise your hand. I actually didn't get to play on this map, so but no I, one, absolutely, I absolutely I absolutely would have. I absolutely would have shot the chickens and made some chicken nuggets for dinner. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Stella, for joining Team Monster. Um yes. when you shoot them or if they get caught in the crossfire, they make a little like rock sound. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> yeah. so 
just just a little bit of a fun thing there. Um, but what, speaking of the maps, though, what do you guys think of the maps? Uh, Dustin, I know you got a lot of time in as well. Um, which was your favorite? What are your general thoughts so far of like the map balance and just like the overview of what we've, we've experienced so far? All the maps were just a perfect size for this sort of thing where it's 4v4. I absolutely love just the scale of them. Um, live fire, the fact that it has the three lanes up top and the lane through the middle on the bottom, I really, really like that. It sort of gives you different areas where you can play differently, right? Like you can bring a shotgun downstairs into the tunnels and sort of wreck shop there or just spam grenades if the bots are going down in the basement. Um, if you're up top, you got those big long lanes for chance chances for sniper shots. You got the like little tower thing up there. Uh, yeah, uh, live fire was a lot of fun. Uh, recharge, I really liked. And one of the, my for most of the beta, every, anytime I got recharge, I was throwing plasma grenades to try and catch the hammer to get the combat <laughs> evolved. Uh, oh. Emblem or trophy. Oh and I, I got it a few times and I got it on this map. So plasma grenades react with the weapons, just like in the trailer. So wow. you can actually recreate the moment where the weapon comes flying at you and you catch it and then you kill an opponent. Um, nice. And, uh, you know, that was a lot of fun to do. And I, I mean, yeah, I largely said it at the beginning, but they're perfectly sized. They have like these combat areas, like here in the center, you have cover with the center building. Looking at the two rooftops, you can, uh, you know, use your BR and try and counter BR the other team. Uh, I, I, oh, I really want to talk about the weapons, but I'll, <laughs> we'll get there I'll in get a second. In We're a second. so close. But yeah, yeah. Uh, all the maps are great. They're perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Still about to say, what do you think? <laughs> so um, the maps. So I was really concerned about the training route. This one that we're seeing right now. Um, Live fire, yeah. Because I was like, oh, this is kind of small. Like, I can see straight down each lane. But then I realized that with arena shooters, the map doesn't need to be very large, but maybe add for more uh, verticality, which I noticed a lot, especially with the jumps in Halo. Um, so in all of the maps that I played, it felt really good. Like, it felt like there were some moments where I would spawn in and I would, it would actually take me a minute to find people. And I think that's been a problem in previous games. Well, like in other games where like, you know, you spawn in, you're immediately next to enemies, especially in a map of this size. But Halo oh, actually did that really well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Looking um, at you. Yeah. But, but Halo did this very well. Like, I would spawn in and I'd be safe to like, maybe grab a gun or maybe run out a little bit, charge up a grenade. So it felt really good. Um, verticality is something I'm still getting used to, but it felt really nice to be able to have the different levels, especially with different um, areas of cover. So I, I feel like it's pretty well balanced. Um, I didn't get to play Bazaar, unfortunately, but it looks really nice. That one looks like a little bit bigger of a map than um, Recharge and, and Live Fire. Even the hill, Stella, bringing that up reminds me that these maps also have cover. So if you're at the bottom of the hill, like you can sort of peek over that hill and uh, yeah, you bring up a really good point there. I also like to just sticking with Wi-Fi for a second that mm -hmm. when you have those like about three layers, I would say of verticality here, yeah. um, you do show on the mini map. So if you're paying attention, like you're like where they would be just based on where you mm -hmm. are, and what information you have. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of nice to be able to kind of clue into that. It's like, oh, if I'm like really sneaky, I can kind of run around here and probably get the jump on this person. Like there's a lot of strategy that can go into this. Um, and I'm, oh, you guys, good maps <laughs> just make my heart sing. And yeah. I was oh, so same. relieved because it is exactly what you were saying, Stella. Like I think spawns have been such a tricky thing with a lot of uh, multiplayer maps these days, especially mm -hmm. for any sort of um, <clears throat> Slayer or in like Halo's case or um, Deathmatch 
options. They've just felt like this is a cool idea, but the spawns can definitely make or break, I think, a map experience, especially if you're on the on the team that's losing, which yeah. one of my teams, when we played Spartan Level Bots, they lost. I was like, guys, please. <gasps> please. <laughs> what are your teams lost? Or what shame. I was really angry. Impressive. Yeah. It I was, was everyone else's fault. That though, is impressive. Right? Oh, no, I have the scoreboard to prove it. I have the scoreboard to prove it. Wow. But yeah, yeah. So it's just like, you know, they can be organized, they can take advantage of things. But um, yeah, exactly that. And like, even when we were like technically on the back foot, like we were spawning from weird places, it didn't feel like we were at a disadvantage because of that. And I think mm-hmm. that's just a strength unique to Halo and like their map design. They, I, they showed some really excellent maps here. But Nick, what did you think? Uh, I I thought immediately, like, Live Fire was there day one, so Live Fire was my first uh, intro to Halo Infinite, and I was just really impressed by how readable the map is and how I just understood where everything was despite setting foot on the map for the first time. And like you said, when when I'm not in action, I know where the action's happening, and I think that the way the map's laid out, especially Live Fire, I was able to figure out the fastest route to get to the action so there's lots of little hidden shortcuts i love the little drop hatch that lets you that lets you fall on top of the shotgun just to get a sneak attack in and and i just live fire really reminded me of uh what was it high ground in halo 3 mm-hmm. just because there is a, a little bit of elevation on, on uh one of the like bunker sides and uh it's the bunker that has like the the br spawning inside of it so i i really like that i felt like i was approaching uphill or going downhill and then the like sides it was really nice to add a little le- level of verticality but speaking of verticality is a uh, recharge recharge rules because like live fire it's very easy to understand what's going on this is the more um like symmetrical map i think uh the most symmetrical outside of bazaar and uh just love the verticality in it it let me play around with just how much i can get away with as far as the halo infinite jumps go and also grapple hook i mean come yeah. on <laughs> like I, I yeah we'll save it we'll save it but yeah, i love no, that please i was say we didn't even get to get into the equipment please yeah. like tell us for the grapple hook because it's the gra- real good this so yeah just wanted to flex a little bit right there <laughs> i got that it's, and i was like that's good capture oh yeah it's <laughs> it's so reminiscent of like i'm i'm convinced that Every game would just be better if it had a grapple hook. And it, it, this feels very reminiscent of that feeling of pulling off incredible feats of speed and agility that I was feeling in something like Titanfall or Titanfall 2. And just, I, I don't know, there's that like satisfying like grapple, then the, the Halo signature like melee that just feels right. And it just, oh, it, it just feels punch. like coming home. And it makes me think like, why hasn't Halo always had a, a grapple hook? Because it's just, it feels so natural. The only thing that was a bummer is like, I really want the grapple hook on uh, Live Fire because I want to turn those hard corners on mm. each end of Live Fire. And I feel like that'd be so fun, but not a map designer. <laughs> yeah. And I do like that the equipment was sort of paired with these maps. So you're not mm. going to get something that maybe doesn't quite make sense. So, um, still, as you're saying earlier, like with Live Fire, like, there's a lot of sites that you can see down in mm. that map. Although it's like, I think the smallest of the ones we played, no, definitely the smallest of the ones we played, um, it has a sniper rifle. And so, for me, I'm just like, that sounds terrifying. I never <laughs> want to snipe here. But at the same time, for people who are really good with them, and I know there are plenty of them, so shout out to you guys. Uh, it's, it's a great map. 
great map to try to, you know, test your skills with that on like a sort of short range, but a lot of different long sites. And if you can kind of post up somewhere and find movement in there too, you can do a lot with it. Um, I also really like that the uh, power weapons have indicators on screen where you can just like, I'm jumping into a map for the first time. I don't know where mm -hmm. anything is except, oh, there's the power weapon. Mm -hmm. And I love the yes. variations of that when it's missing it's blue, um, and that's like, oh, it'll spawn soon. But when it's red, that means it's out in circulation. I might have had those colors reversed, but I'm pretty sure when it's red, that means that the item or power weapon is currently being used and somewhere on the map still with ammo in it, which I really like that, like on the fly, being able to read where an item is and also seeing the countdown for when it'll yes. come back. That was really, really nice. If you also just look at the regular weapons around the map too, there's a little blue tick above it. So like there's a bar that fills as it's like mm. waiting to respond. So you can like watch that as well. So I just, another one of the maps, I was just sitting there. I was like, sorry guys. Um, <laughs> I was waiting for like a needler to spawn. I was like, okay, how does this work? Like what indicators? Because unlike the rest of those power weapons, it doesn't have like a physical timer on it. So it's actually these bars that fill. And the same with grenades too. If you look at the ground and um, also with the equipment, there's like a ring that will fill with blue when it's ready to go. So that's just like a lot of, again, visual indicators that let you glance at it without being so, I guess, apparent in the way. Like it's not obtrusive to your gameplay experience. So I think mm -hmm. that was just a super, or whoever did that, stellar idea. Thank you. <laughs> so it, it was just a good way to, I guess, convey that information. This week's podcast unlocked is brought to you by NordVPN. Hey, if you're watching a lot of sports like me and you hate blackouts, NordVPN is a great way to go. You can use NordVPN, a virtual private network, to watch live sporting events, TV shows, films that aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location to a country that is showing that event. No more blackouts. It's also good for plenty of other stuff like protecting your private data, your bank details, your passwords, your online identity. You can protect your data while you're traveling and using public Wi-Fi. NordVPN protects you wherever you are in the world. NordVPN threat protection also protects you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. NordVPN is also the fastest VPN in the world. No buffering or lagging while you're streaming, and it will stop your ISP bandwidth throttling. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee a month, so that is a super affordable, great way to go. To get the best discount off of your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash Unlocked without the E. That's N O R D VPN dot com slash U N L O C K D. And that'll give you four extra months on the two year plan. And best of all, there's no risk with Nord's 30 day money back guarantee. NordVPN.com slash unlocked without the E. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday. So make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Um, let me see what else do we have. I'm trying to think of like if we want to talk about the maps. Do you guys have a favorite map real quick before we move on? Live fire. Live fire. Okay. <laughs> oh, really? I, I really liked Recharge. 
I, I, first of all, like the, yeah, that's a good one. there's so many levels. There's so many different hallways you can go through. Also just, it, it looked really nice. It looked very pretty, very polished. Like, you know, a janitor had just gone through, polished the floors and then, you know, we got it <laughs> dirty with blood. But, uh, <laughs> I also just want to say real quick that like, um, like you said, Miranda, each map was so well optimized with all the weapons that they had. And I won't go into too much detail about the weapons, but like, it felt really good knowing that even if you were still stuck with the original AR and pistol that you start with, you still had a really good chance of being able to beat someone with, um, you know, one of the weapons that you can get on pickup. And I really liked that because that often deters a lot of players from wanting to jump into a match like, oh, well, you know, if I don't get this and I don't, I can't really win. But it's like, no, 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 your, your gun skills still matter. It doesn't matter what weapon you have as long as you're still a good shot and you know the movement around the map. So I, I really like that aspect a lot. That is a fantastic point. Um, one other thing before we move on the maps or move away from maps is that I like that there are a lot of engagement points on these maps, even though say something like Bazaar is really symmetrical. There's so many places where you would just like break out into fights. Whereas <laughs> I think some other maps that have that sort of symmetrical feeling, it's often like a few points. Of course, we were playing against bots. It's a little bit of a different experience. Um, but I appreciated that there's space to have that difference there and like there's a lot of movement and i i just hate it whenever a game just like ends up being one spot who's here yeah are yeah. we going we look at each other who's shooting first that kind mm-hmm. of thing like i'm very glad that we didn't have that situation at least with the bots um so very quickly you guys get into pvp action what did you think i know stella you said you oh didn't. yeah i didn't yeah it was only for an hour and they're like hey it was guys, only an hour yep oh no <laughs> Nick, what did you think it was, it was very much a will they, won't they? Because I was watching uh, who, uh, Brian Gerard's, uh, who is a community director at 343. I was watching his Twitter like a hawk. I was like, when is it going live? When is it going live? <laughs> Constantly refreshing. Because I was like, there was a possibility that it might not go live because yep. there's no obligation. This is just for their benefit. They are reading the analytics. And, you know, if they deem it not necessary, cool. But I was so happy to see that it went live. And that's where I got to experience. Was, was Bizarre available in um, the bot matches at all? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I didn't. I didn't experience it on a bot match. So the first time I jumped into Bazaar was in PvP. So I was like, Oh no! I got a little nervous. I was like, New map. I'm actually playing <laughs> against human beings. And uh, yeah, I, I I had a blast. It it felt like I, I I say it again. It feels like Halo. I'm playing against humans. And it, you know what? I got. I, I'm not afraid to admit I got my butt kicked that first PvP <laughs> match. I did win following matches, but that first one was real rough. Uh, but the thing that I really noticed about Bizarre in in like context to the um, uh, PvP was that I, I would assume that a lot more firefights would happen in with bots in the central area, but in PvP that was essentially no man's land where if you were there you were basically dead within the span of seconds so a lot of the pvp um, firefights happen on the like hallways that are flanking on each side or within the rooms and i i loved that the ducks connecting uh, various rooms in the bazaar were ripe for me crouching and sneaking and backstabbing people like oh love how that. dare uh, you how <laughs> no, dare that's you great strategy take the fight the fight Face to face. I do that far too often, so it's nice to change it up a little bit. Okay. All right. Sad, sad there was no assassination animations in this technical preview, but I was told that they would be there in the final game. But they were like, yes. yeah, no no assassination animations, which is totally they fine. They won't be there at launch either, so hmm. we'll get those eventually. Uh, Destin, how about you? Did you get time with people? 
Yeah, I did. I, play, I, I played a few matches and uh, they were always really close. I, well, there was one that was a blowout where we won, but uh, I'd say <laughs> the other the other two that I got in, I thought it would just be live all weekend. So I played like three games to sort mm-hmm. of get an experience with it. And uh, yeah, then sort of went on from there. But um, I liked it. It was definitely a different feel than playing against bots. It was more challenging, but it was nice to have that prep time where you're able to learn these maps, learn the in and outs of weapon spawns, and then hop in against real players. And I think a lot of a lot of people are going to play that way. Learn the map, learn the layout, and then go in for the real matches when you're playing ranked or whatever the the structure is going to be like there. Um, I think I lost one of them. I don't remember, but I liked it. It it it's definitely more challenging. Um, it's a different experience. I don't I don't really know what else to say about it. So it good. So I know th- I know this was like a you know the the beta like it's a it's a preview test so I, I understand not even that. beta technically yeah sorry sorry like they kept just trying to like nail it this is not a beta yeah everybody calls it a beta. early okay early <laughs> yeah. early early access preview um I I understand that that's that so there probably wasn't any skill based matchmaking but I'm very curious about going into the game I assume they have to have skill based matchmaking because otherwise it's going to be extremely hard for new players yeah. like me to get in and I know a lot of people have opinions about skill based matchmaking matchmaking but like i mean even in games like apex if you don't have that it's going to be a slaughter fest and it is not going to be fun um especially especially for newer players coming in so i'm very curious about how that's going to work out um based, yeah based on all the data they give you post game like even your accuracy i'm like don't look at my accuracy don't totally yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um like even with that i think that there absolutely will be some like good data for them to do good skill based so yeah i, I wouldn't I, I doubt mean, that they'd have that ready yeah, because as a new player, I'm just like, oh, I know a lot of ex Halo pros are coming back, and I'm just like, I don't want to be in their lobbies. I'm yeah. okay. That, I'm okay learning over here. <laughs> that or even against teams. So for me, I won the first one. It was great. I only got to play two, and then the second one, also Slaughterfest. We had people on my team just dropping. Just, I oh, think they're no. just dropping so they could go <laughs> get in another queue to hopefully get a better game. But we yeah. are very obviously playing against a crew of people, and I was mm. just like, this could have been me. I asked my friends and they didn't respond. <laughs> oh no! Oh, that's yeah. what it was. Oh my god. Yeah. Okay, I understand now. It was really sad, but Aww. no, it's it's cool to see how. I mean, it's cool and also unfortunate if you're playing by yourself. Like you can, of course, sort of one man army a little bit, but if you have people on your team that are just feeding kills constantly, you're probably not going to win. But yeah. um, when you're working against a team like this, these were I, I think I saw this with also the Spartan level bots pretty well too. Is that the way they move together, right? Um, and there's obviously that power in numbers, exactly as you said earlier, Stella. Like, if you're going against two Spartans against one, mm-hmm. uh, probably not going to be great. You could, but it depends on the weapons you have, depends on, like, your shields and all, like, everything about your situation really comes down to it. Yeah. Um, and then when you're playing against a team, the way <laughs> they move together, you're like, yep. Could, could help. Hello, fellow Spartans. <laughs> could you please? No, don't go that. Please. I remember it's rounding like- a corner and ever and my friend who was, I I had paired up with a friend when I was playing and I was like oh I wonder where they are I turned the corner and all four of the bots were right there and I was like oh I'm dead <laughs> yep I was like cool I didn't know this was a horror game but all right <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly that so that is uh, how we go and I know we're, we're we're taking a lot of time for Halo guys this is basically a Halo episode with these mm-hmm. we also have Halo news so it's just it's a Halo fest I hope you guys are enjoying it. I really um, want to talk about weapons. Yes, I know. We're going. We're going. There's so much to dissect here. Please. I just love maps. Anyway. <laughs> weapons. Please. Name okay. your favorites. You only get three. Justin, go. 
Okay, before I talk about my favorites, because it's probably, <laughs> oh just, my it's God. probably just the starting set. I just want to talk about how good that starting yeah, set it is. is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah yes. that that mid-range scope pistol, like it really, really rewards you for accurate hits. And honestly, I was doing more work with that than the commando rifle. And I almost prefer it over the commando rifle. And then the AR, if you're feathering it just right and hitting all those headshots, it's really, really great. There, there's oftentimes like where... You know, you run out of ammo and you're like, I just want that starter set back. So you're looking around for an AR or, a, or whatever weapon you happen to drop and and you just get that. And you know you're going to be able to utilize that to the best of its ability. It has The time to kill is really, really good. It seems fairly balanced amongst the weapons. Uh, picking my favorites. So I'll say the starter set. So the pistol and the AR, honestly. Uh, and then uh, the rocket launcher, the spunker. <laughs> I saw you using that a lot. lot He's a classic yeah, in that, man. In that footage, yeah. Well, yeah. wait, do power ups count? Because then I got to say grapple shot. No, no weapons. It's not about those already. You missed it. That's okay, equipment. Okay, That's okay. equipment. Sorry, <laughs> Sorry Dustin. <laughs> no, yeah, those are map specific. So, um, but no, that that was fantastic. I did like playing with those too. Um, but yeah, echoing your thoughts, absolutely. The starting set was great. I basically always had my pistol on me. If I was going to mm-hmm. drop something, it's always going to be the AR. Sorry, AR, you're great. <gasps> you know? The only time I dropped that was for a BR. Okay. Oh, yes. That was the only time Blech. I dropped the pistol. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not a, with you on that. I'm not a fan of burst rifle. And that one, I just, I just, I can understand burst rifle weapons. I don't prefer them. But the BR, every time I picked it up, I was like, mm, you know what? I'll just go pick up my AR again. <laughs> so what would you like, though? So what I really liked the AR. I, again, in me talking about weapons feeling balanced on each map, like not needing specific weaponry to feel like you have an upper hand on someone, unless it's a hammer. Um, it, the AR was definitely one of those. I really liked running that um, a majority of the time, and I would often switch out my pistol. But um, I did really like the gravity hammer and the needler. Yeah. Um, the gravity hammer is just stupid fun. And I love when your AI just gets disgusted by like you crushing enemies with it um my ai was like i've never seen so many bones break at once and i was like oh i'm sorry oh, <laughs> like, the AI is so good yeah they're like fun. the ai was just like oh my <laughs> and i i just thought it was really fun being able to run around with this giant hammer and like i with each weapon that i played you could feel the weight in each weapon like you could you could feel how it's supposed to shoot um and I really liked that. I played on keyboard and mouse, so I didn't have any of the controller rumbles. But like holding the gravity hammer still, like the way that it looks, the the visualization, the sounds, like you hear how heavy it is and like the impact. It, it You're just like, oh, I'm strong. This is cool. So it, I love I love how each weapon just makes you feel like you're activating different skills in your Spartan. So I really mm-hmm. liked that. <laughs> and, the, and the ammo in each also, like I'm looking at my footage here, you realize that it just sort of, I don't know why, it just felt really organic to not reload, but to swap to your alt weapon, right? Yeah. Even yeah. firing with your pistol, you switch to your AR. And like, I know in past games, I was one of the people that were just constantly reloading. And yes. this game just teaches you right from the get-go, don't do that, just swap to your sidearm. It just felt like the right thing to do. Just <laughs> don't use that in other games. You definitely have to reload in other games. <laughs> don't, don't forget that. Halo's <laughs> a different game. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Nick, how are you? Uh, yeah, I, I do want to echo the sentiment on the sidekick, the pistol. I was, I'm not going to lie, I was a fool during the bot <laughs> matches because I would be like, oh, forget the pistol. I'm going to swap <gasps> that out. But then as soon as I jumped into PvP, I learned a very hard lesson that, no, you want to drop the AR. 
You want to open engagements with the pistol and get the distance shots in and then close the gap and with a with a melee or with your other weapon or pull off the headshot. So I found that I quickly learned that pistol is far more viable in PvP. And uh, the AR, great for peppering and putting pressure on enemies, but I found it in PvP. I, I couldn't really close that gap. Uh, but my favorite gun that, that I got to play around with in the beta was the Heat Wave, which is the the forerunner, what I thought was a shotgun, but we were talking about a little bit earlier. Miranda, you're saying it's like a grenade launcher? It's classified like, as a grenade. Yeah, yeah, that's what the description in the game says, which seems a little odd to me based on the firing. Right. Yeah. That's the one where you could change it, so, the uh, vertical yeah, or horizontal, right? Horizontal. Yeah. And, it, yeah. and it bounces. So that, that's what I really love because you know me, I love my grenades. I love my bouncing. And it really feels like the, it's a natural evolution of the grenade game in Halo where I need to make snap judgments about the geometry. I need to understand where my enemy is and where they're going. And I need to aim accordingly. So if they get out of way, because so, so often do you pepper an enemy, pop a shield, and then they turn a corner. With mm-hmm. the heat wave, you just aim that bad boy at the wall and bounce the bullet around the corner. Bob's your uncle. It's wonderful. It's <laughs> such a fun gun. It's beautiful, too. Just got to say, like, the bullets? Mm-hmm. I just love some fancy bullets, okay? <laughs> I, I, I guess grenades I in this the four the forerunner tech like yes. in Halo Four when they introduced a lot of the the forerunner technology and all the weapons and the the Prothean stuff I just love playing around with alien weapons in Halo it's always been the game that lets me play with alien guns and I yeah. love that this feels like this feels like high tech alien weaponry like it, a, it just it's cool I was surprised comic- it wasn't orange yeah right yeah because it's usually the forerunner colors but they did more of like that kind of tealy purpley bright mm-hmm. colors that you see a little bit more with the covenant which was interesting not the design of the weapon but the the actual grenades that came out um which i'm still confused it's like is that a shotgun now because it feels more I like a shotgun it, I yeah, it yeah i kept calling the it a shotgun but like i i didn't realize it bounced so i was just hitting yes. my targets vertically like with the vertical mode and it was just like a two shot and i was like yeah i feel amazing right that, now. that works too that's what's it great it works so in any I, situation you just hit them all the way from from like knees to their head and then it's just two shot and they're dead it's it's yep. kind of brutal <laughs> so for those of you who didn't get to play the way this works for changing the way the style of firing is you use your whatever button you have to aim down sights. Mm -hmm. And so that changes the style. You don't actually get to aim down sights or at least whenever I was testing it didn't. So I think it, yeah, yeah, it didn't. Okay. So I think the description might be incorrect in the game, which could be totally possible. Again, this is a tech preview. Like they're probably still changing things. So that could be incorrect, but um, because you can't aim down sights and this like refers to aiming down sights or while zoomed in, you you can't do that. So um. Anyway, there's actually, a, there's actually a weapon in this footage I use improperly where I'm just sort of firing it because I, I didn't understand when I was doing the footage how it works. Uh-huh. Apparently, you can charge up one of the weapons on recharge. The Ravager. lays down. The ra- yeah, that the, the plasma? Leaves, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It leaves like a puddle of uh, fire, basically, that does damage over time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, like, that's one I want to get back in and mess around with. I should have spent more time in the firing range with it, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Um, and then, as commenters pointed out, Miranda, banished. A lot of these are banished mm-hmm. weapons because I yes. said Covenant in the preview. Oh, yeah. Like, no, 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 no. Covenant are done. <laughs> yeah, it's technically. What, okay, uh, what, is, what does banished mean as, as so, someone who is not? like the new Covenant. So kind of. Oh, so okay. Banished yeah. are an offshoot of the Covenant, which was, you know, kind of a coalition of aliens that were very much against humans. And then mm-hmm. the Covenant broke up. And then they're like, we're just, we're just <laughs> pals now. Um, but the, the banished were just sort of lost in space. We don't really know what happened with them. Are they the banished? Lost in place. Are, 
Are they still religious zealots? Like, they're the ones who are like, the war's not over yet because they were off in space somewhere, right? And they're like, we're still religious zealots and we just want to fight for the covenant cause, but these covenant gave up, right? My I don't know if we know exactly the details. Mm. That that might be have been revealed in the reveal trailers, but I can't, like, recall to say concretely either way. Yeah, Nick, um, we're not going to guess because we'll just get a ton of grief. And yeah, yeah, you so. guys, someone, someone out there. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Halo okay. Wars so that's 2, though. I just wanted- revealed in Halo Wars 2, right? Yes. Yeah, that's that, that I okay. do know. <laughs> okay, I, I just wanted clarification because I was like, oh, I don't, I don't know what that means. So, okay, sorry. Yeah, we're so whenever gonna... I say like covenant weapons, it's like one style of alien weapons versus mm-hmm. the banished weapons, which are things like the Ravager, which I think take that red hue, right? Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Whereas the covenant are like the Needler and such, even though they're not the covenant, we're still going to call them that. So for simplicity's <laughs> sake, uh, anyway, and then you, of course, you have the UNSC human weapons that are, you know, just the standard military weapons that are fantastic. Um, but yes, the Ravager, yeah, if, you guys didn't hang out in the weapon drills? You didn't three-star all of them? Like, <laughs> okay, so, <maybe> me? <laughs> so my thing is, I, I like firing ranges, but I really like learning by just being in the situation. So I kind of just threw myself in the PvP with bots matches, and I would just pick up guns as I went. So that's kind of okay. my thing. I understand it's a problem, but listen, I, I learn better, and I it, because then it gives me like a better understanding of what I'm more likely to use in fights. So... I would say that the format... Okay, wait. Did anyone else play a lot of the firing range? Or the I weapon did. range? I think I played, like, weapon all the weapons once. Rails. Okay. Nick, what did you think? <laughs> I-, I loved it because it helped me decide how I'm going to play with certain weapons. Um, specifically, I really only jumped in for the... Uh, sniper rifle and for the spiker just because those are the ones that require a little more finesse and unfortunately i think i've taken the burden upon myself to play the game mostly with controller but if i find a sniper i think i might actually actually hot swap to mouse and keyboard for those finesse shots um, just because <laughs> I, th- I was playing off my pc so i was able to quickly like jump to my mouse real quick and mm. and it felt really good to snipe with that mouse i'm not gonna lie <laughs> so i Played. Sorry, I love weapon drills and things like that that really get you into the details of mm-hmm. a weapon. And so I think the value here is it's not just like sort of messing around with different challenges. So each, so I'm going to get into the weeds of here. So please forgive me because I love this. Um, so there's three rankings of weapon drills you can do. The first one for all of them is a standstill Spartan target that you shoot to try out the weapons. And you have like uh, three star ratings for each of these. Um, and then once you get certain point ratings, you like progress through the stars or you can just get three stars right off the bat if you're good with it. Uh, the second one adds movement. The way that movement happens varies per weapon. So for instance, with the shotgun, you're not going to have people running in the back of uh, an arena or something. That doesn't make sense. So like there was like these ones that would go up and down and kind of like bob, but that wasn't present in a lot of other ones. Mm-hmm. And then the third one is erratic movement. So you'll have people like running back and forth. You'll have multiple targets. And you have, I think, about like 45 seconds. I don't remember exactly how much it Sounds was. Sounds right. More than, I think around there, maybe a minute at least. No, it wasn't a full minute. Um, and it's pretty quick. And what it does is really challenges you to figure out how to optimize taking on these different areas. And that was incredibly engaging. The reason I see that is because it taught me how to fire with certain weapons in ways that I would not have. So when mm-hmm. I was, I'm a big fan of the bk78 commando like that is we're gonna be best friends mark my words yeah, um, but i did have a lot of trouble trying to balance with it so i was actually playing on xbox i had my elite series 2 controller 
I wanted to tweak with all like the settings on the controller and like try like find what like trigger adjustment I want. But with, there are so many settings for movement and like ABS and all that mm-hmm. sensitivity, which is fantastic. But finding the right thing is really difficult for the first time, right? Like I think we can all agree here. You want to get in those settings. You want to figure out what works for you. And testing that out in weapon drills was way better than having to get my ass kicked in yeah. bots and just be like, like sorry, because I'm still figuring out my settings. I went too <laughs> high on the on the sensitivity for this one of a million things. Um, and it just kind of getting to know those weapons better was hugely impactful. So the VK-78 Commando has a uh, four times scope, which it's, a th- oh, no, no, it's three mag. Wait, is it three? Yes, it has 20 shots. So like the scope on that is rather intense for what it is because mm-hmm. it's kind of like a machine gun, but um, again, only has 20 bullets per mag. So you really have to <laughs> kind of figure out where you're going with this automatic weapon. And I learned, you guys, how to aim from the hip because I love my ADS. I love it so much. I am attached. I have always have been. And like learning to let go has been very difficult for me. But weapon drills made it possible through their 12-step program. You can figure out how to change your play style and Halo. That gun. Go ahead, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say that gun is extremely powerful, especially I think it's like a one or two headshot kill. And I really liked it. I was so surprised. I ADS'd and I was like, oh, let's just see how this fires. And I was like, oh, they're dead. Cool. All right. Yeah. And the scope on that was what... Ahead, I just want to say I was not nearly as successful as both of you with the window. <laughs> I had a lot of difficulty using it, especially because if you even get hit a little bit with any ADS weapon, you're snapped out of it. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that made the mm-hmm. that made the commando really difficult to use for me. But to your point, Miranda, when I was successful with it, I was firing from the hip. Mm-hmm. And that's yep. that was the best way that I found to utilize the weapon. But I'd like to hear more about why it's good because whenever I'm bad with something, I'm like, I'm doing something wrong. Like, what am I not doing correctly with this piece of gear? Because obviously, like, somebody's going to figure out how to use this thing. Right. And so I will say, like, the scope on the commando, I think, is so indicative of how you're supposed to use it. Because, like, that magnification is just too much for what it is. So if you have, I think with the firing, or the, I keep on the firing range, but it's not really that. It's a weapon drill, right? Because it's supposed yeah. to take you through a process of actions and challenge you to score a certain point level with that. Um, so what it, it has these markers on distance and you can move around in your firing space. So through that, I was able to test how far do I have to be to use uh, firing from hip versus ADS? Like what is the optimal way to do that so I can get the most hits most successfully? I don't know how long I did it, but I did it for a while because I was stuck, I think, on the second one and I couldn't get it to three stars. And at that point, it's a puzzle, right? It's like, mm-hmm. okay, how do I like get enough points? So like there's points for a quick reaction time. There's quick... I think you get more points for headshots. Um, and of course, like your accuracy, I think plays into it maybe a little bit. I'm not too sure. And of course, like taking down your Spartan targets gives you most points. Uh, and so since it's only one popping after another and you have to kill somebody or kill your target in order for the next one to pop up, you have to move quickly through these. So that really forced me to think about how does this weapon actually play optimally? What do I need to be doing? And exactly to your point, Dustin, when I first got it, I was like, I'm just going to aim down sights because that's what I always do. And it was terrible. I was awful with it, but I love how it felt. And I was like, I need to figure this out. <laughs> and so being able to go to weapon girls really gave me time to distinguish that. 
And Nick, as you were saying too, getting to go and try like Heatwave and other things as well in there was just incredibly helpful before getting into these maps. So yeah. like whenever I came up across something, I knew what it did immediately. Um, weapon drills also have like these nice little tips. Uh, the helpfulness of those tips vary pretty intensely. <laughs> but one thing I did learn nicely was like with the Ravager, if you charge it, you fire and it has like this, as it says, fires globs of punishing plasma and a certain area will like remain on fire for a short time if you have it fully charged. And I wouldn't have known that if I didn't go to weapon drills. Mm -hmm. So here I'm I am just, sucking with the, the commando, but then when I still and actually use it like up and down as opposed to spring. <laughs> yeah. all over the place, It mm -hmm. does have more of a punch. Exactly. So that's, I just wanted to like gush about those because it is really helpful. And I think it is easy. Like Stella, just you want to get in, you want to experience things. But I think once you do have like that feel for certain things, you can kind of go change up like what you do or don't like by practicing those weapon drills and seeing how you can get the most points. And it's not necessarily like part of it is skill. Sure. Um, like I went to the hail the sniper drills. And I was like, <laughs> like playing on controller with a sniper is just like, Ugh. <laughs> it's tough, but I think it, the, the weapon drills taught me two valuable lessons, reload discipline, because like, I, I think like Stella, I was very much reload after every kill, but the sniper drill specifically taught me yes. empty your mag, empty your mag, because not well, only that, well, when you wait, wait, it reloads faster if you do three shots. So if you oh, want to really? get a score, mm, reload wow. on MLG four. Yes. MLG oh, Pro okay. Tips from Destin. Yeah. But also, but that's that said though, like I love that the the firing drill also teaches you the timing on your reloads because you mm -hmm. see an act there's a timer going on. You're like, man, this reload's taking forever. And then you're like, you act seeing like a timer on screen while reload animations happening helps you really determine whether or not you should do a reload, I think, in an active firefight. So it just forced me to learn a lot of those uh, animations and just how long they take. Yeah, and I think that's exactly it. The weapon drills, I guess, were surprising me because it felt like they were so much more useful than just trying to like go to a firing range, for example, and just test how, how something shoots. Like They really have optimized these to challenge you how to do your reloads. Uh, for instance, with the skewer too, like if you're um, ADSing with it, you don't reload. Like you have to pull out, and it's a very long reload. Mm -hmm. So if you forgot, it takes a while to pull that down because it's a big, heavy weapon, and it's just going to take so much time. So like learning those timings is just so helpful in weapon drills. And what I'm saying is, everyone, please play weapon drills. Also, really <laughs> my favorite weapons were the BK78 Commando, the Heat Wave, and of course the Needler. But yeah. <laughs> glad the okay. Needler still made it. Yeah. Oh, always, <laughs> always. We we did, I got the fear the pig mist all the time from from my AI companion. That was great. I was like, thank talking you. Talking talking about this with everybody and like just watching this footage, I want to play. I miss it. I know. Me I know. Too. <laughs> I hope everyone listening is just gushing as much as we are. Like I'm just beaming. It's like talking with pals. I mean, it's what we are doing. But about <laughs> you know, something we love. Like, it's pals? so great to get into it. Yeah, we're not pals, sorry. Yeah. Um, but before <laughs> we move on, because I know there are things really quickly, and we have most taken most of this episode to talk about Halo because I mean, it's an Xbox podcast. What do you want us to do? We have no options here. <laughs> we have to do this. Um, but I did want to know: was there anything surprising to all of you? Like, was there something that stood out specifically from this, or anything that you would want to see at least on the next test flight? Because we have heard from three for three that they do plan on doing more of these, and that they'll likely be bigger so more people can get in. Uh, but Destin, let's start with you. Yeah. So honestly, the surprising thing was uh, there's a ton of stuff that isn't in this and it's already mm -hmm. good. We weren't able to do the reflection things. Uh, you brought up Nick earlier that there's no grapple shot on live fire. For example, we had 
two different loadouts for at least live fire I know of. And um, this is largely not in a finished state. So the most surprising thing to me was just how fun it is already in this in the mm -hmm. state that it's in. And that has me tremendously excited for the full release. I, I cannot wait to, to play more. And Stella, how about you? Um, I can't say, I, I don't know. I, I feel like this is just what I expected from a Halo experience, like my first um, multiplayer experience, at, at least for the uh, preview flight. So I don't know. I'm very open-minded to whatever else they're going to drop in for the next uh, previews. Um, I, I really had no expectations going into this other, other than knowing that it was going to be good because it's Halo. So um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just excited to test it out with more people. Definitely get more PvP in because I only got uh, PvP versus bots. So I really want to see what the skill leap is between playing with real players. Um, yeah. Yeah. I was very happy with it. So. <laughs> Nick, how about you? I, I was most surprised by, honestly, the transparency between the community team over at 343 and just the general Halo population, just how communicative they were and just saying, like, this is happening this weekend. So, like, I, I extrapolate those kind of communications to hopefully what they end up doing with, like, season season one season two season three of whatever battle pass i have and just communicating some of the things that some of the changes that they're making to the maps um reworks and things like that like i'm hoping that that this level of communication continues to uh carry forward for whatever comes next of halo even after it launches so um that's super exciting but also I really want to get into those big team battles. I, I want Ooh. vehicles. I want to yes. mess around with a lot of people because I, to me, like as much as I love my arena shooting, like Halo for me is like the Halo moments where you're out on the battlefield. People are flying banshees around. Like <laughs> the fact that I can use a grapple gun to hopefully latch onto a banshee just has me so excited. <laughs> I, I cannot wait to do that. Yep. I'm also very excited for that. I think the most surprising thing for me, and this is something we didn't really touch on, is I, I guess we touched on it a little bit, but how much learning there was available from this first test fly, like how many tools there are that are new and implemented to very visually indicate things. So like whenever you hit a Spartan with a weapon, you see where the impact was, right? Mm -hmm. um, you see what was damaged. Oh, and yeah. whenever someone turns red, like you can see who you were specifically targeting. There's a lot here that just visually shows you so much. And I am ecstatic to see that really because learning these games is really difficult and i feel mm -hmm. like 343's position on how they're going about approaching this as a free-to-play you know part of halo um is really respectful over time it can be really difficult to learn a lot of new things like honestly like, i love apex but i don't have time to keep up with it i really don't and i get bummed out when i miss on a battle pass and like that was a huge thing too is like you can you can start up a battle pass whenever you want like, you just mm -hmm. have to have it mm -hmm. and you can go for it it's like what really you <laughs> Really? So I think there's just a lot of things here that they're trying to gear toward, like acknowledging people are going to come in this game never having played a Halo, and they want to make sure that you have the best chance possible at learning and like excelling, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's a lot of, I guess, the surprise for me was how much visually they communicated, and it was just intuitive to learn. So I hope that continues with the other maps and modes we get to see. This game is going to be huge. It's free. It's going to be free yeah. and it's on PC. Yeah. It's going to have a large community dedicated to it. I'm super stoked. I sure hope so. 
<laughs> really, it really seems obvious to say, but like the, it feels like this test flight was 343 planting their flag in the sand and saying, this is going to be how we keep people interested in Halo Infinite multiplayer for the foreseeable future. Uh, very uh, user-friendly, very low barrier to entry, and it just feels like this is just indicative of the long-term sort of support that we're going to uh, see for Halo Infinite well after launch. At least that's what I'm hoping, and and this was just a good indicator that they are going in the right direction, for me at least. I completely agree, and that's a great way to wrap up our uh, first Halo conversation. Just <laughs> <laughs> so much, you guys, we played, we played Halo. How incredible. Uh, but I know we've also been playing other games, and it's it's The Ascent. It's an Xbox exclusive, and that means we have to talk about it. Uh, so it was reviewed by our very own Brian McCaffrey, who can't be here. He gave it a 7, saying, Story isn't its strong suit, but the rest of The Ascent delivers a wonderfully realized cyberpunk world mixed with satisfying twin-stick twin stick gunplay to create an enjoyable action RPG. And Dustin and Nick, I know you both have spent a lot of time with this, so... Nick, as our guest, could you tell us a little bit about this game and what you th think about it so far? Uh, so, yeah, I was uh, inherently drawn. I do have a proclivity for all things cyberpunk. So I was like, oh, this looks cool. Like, it's definitely right up my alley. And you know what? I love me a good co-op shooter that I can play with the bud and we can mindlessly mow down enemies and just <laughs> have a good chat while we're doing so. Um, and that's kind of the approach. And this is a game I've had on my radar for a while. But honestly, it left a very poor first impression for me because I jumped into the co-op just from the get-go mm -hmm. and the, the game just doesn't work in co-op, at least for me. Like I, I experienced so many freezing issues, so many glitches, and I couldn't pick up health packs and I would just freeze in animations that I have to force quit the game. And I nearly dropped out of the game because I was like, you know, my time is more valuable than this, whatever. But Honestly, because I was going to talk about it on Unlocked, I was like, you know what? I'm going to give it another shot. I'm going to play it single player. And I found the experience a billion times more enjoyable <laughs> because uh, it just didn't break on me. So I was actually able to play the game. Uh, but but the thing that really drew me in was its sense of world building, honestly. And, and just judging by the gameplay that we're seeing on here, like the game has this gorgeous isometric diorama-like presentation uh, that honestly, it feels weird to make the comparison, but it feels a lot like Mistwalker's mobile RPG that they just released called Fantasian, where it just feels like someone made a hyper-realistic cyberpunk city and they just dropped a camera like at a three-quarters perspective and I'm, I'm watching players navigate. And it is truly stunning to look at. And the fact that it was made by a tiny team is just far more impressive but but yeah i really love its sense of world building uh it's oppressive uh cyberpunk feeling i think that's a thing that a lot of cyberpunk things aren't very good at um it feels weird to make the comparison between this and cyberpunk 2077 but they both have the name in them to some extent and it just feels like this is a far more well-realized version of what cyberpunk should be high-tech low-life feels very reminiscent of William Gibson's Sprawl trilogy, where everything's grungy, dirty. There's a lot of various factions at play at, at all times. Tons of proper nouns. You're just inundated with proper nouns. I'm like, what is this? What is this? A, a, a codec that'll make a Bioware game blush? Like, it is, it, is, it is intense and very fulfilling. If you like that sort of world building, this game is for you. But what did you think, Destin? Yeah, everything you said, basically. <laughs> Sorry, I was like, I was like, oh man! Internally, wrap it up, Nick. Wrap it up, Nick. <laughs> no, I, I really enjoyed it. I didn't play nearly as much as you. I played maybe an hour or two of the game because I had I played it through on PC and I played it through on Xbox. 
this is definitely going to be one of those titles where I just I want to chill. I want to play something on the couch and I'm going to mm-hmm. pop this on and, and play it. I think it looks gorgeous. I think it looks really, really pretty. The The gameplay that I did get to experience was a lot of fun. I didn't I don't have any interest in co-op, so I guess I'm in for a treat as I won't get to experience that negative aspect. But uh, yeah, you know, so I'm playing through it and I'm just sort of going through. I'm getting my starter guns or whatever, getting my starter powers, understanding how it's it's building you, your character up as you progress through the game. And I was just left wondering, I was like, where's the bad part? Right. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I do like everything about it. I think I need to play a little bit more to really get in the weeds and figure out, OK, where is this game? Where does it start to get problematic? I, th- I think it lacks a lot of the variation. I see in a lot of comparisons to something like Diablo, and I think that the like RPG side of the Ascent isn't completely fleshed out, where it mostly just feels like the only thing that's changing up gameplay is the type of gun you pick up, um, and which is a little bit of a bummer because I would have loved to have seen a lot more variation in terms of play style, um, but I do really like the moment-to-moment gunplay. It feels weird because the game is isometric, but there's actually three um, levels of like uh, bullet travel where mm. you're standing upright oh, yeah. and you can hold your gun up so you actually are aiming up higher. So if an enemy is on a higher level than you, you can actually um, do like a more precise shot, which has a chance of staggering them. You can actually crouch behind cover, which is weird in isometric, but it, it feels really good. And it feels like if tech, if a, if a game like XCOM were turned into a more um, like almost third person shooter, but it's not a third person. It, it just feels like a more active XCOM in terms of how I am taking cover and how I am, uh, placing myself in relation to my enemies and you can actually take on enemies that are much stronger than you and you shouldn't be because of your ability to take cover and do things like that uh it, game's really neat uh also incredible soundtrack uh the soundtrack as, as i'm a huge like anime guy so jumping into uh very reminiscent of like a lot of the music that you'll hear in akira a lot of visuals inspired by akira Ghost in the Shell, very heavy, like, choir with, like, children singing, like, in- intercut with, like, synthetic tunes. Like, this game is full of bangers. Full of bangers. So, highly recommend it just for the music alone. I have heard and seen that the music is also on Spotify. So, if you just want to listen to it. Ooh. that's it. <laughs> okay. There you go. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to check this one out. Uh, I would like to, I think. I'm not very familiar with isometric games. Like I have a very short history with them. So mm-hmm. I think it's a little intimidating. Also, I heard it's kind of challenging. So I know this would be something I have to like dig into. At least some of the boss fights can be a little challenging. Um, I'm, I'm curious though. I do, as you said, <laughs> let me just be honest. Nick, when you said that this has a codex that would make Bioware games blush, I was like, all right, I'll play. <laughs> okay, I'll play. <laughs> I'm, I'm, a lo- I'm a lore boy. Oh, I love too. me some lore. So yeah. like just... The amount that it throws at you, I was like, oh man, give me all the proper nouns you have, baby. This is great. I love it. I'm the kind of person who will pop a bowl of popcorn and grab a beer and then just like <laughs> read and tr- like journal entries or codexes or whatever it is. Same. Sounds great. Cool. I oh. will I will I will caveat it. I do think that the beginning is I think a poor indicator of what you can expect from the game. Mm-hmm. Make it past the first hub area, which is when you get your first real quest, and then the game really picks up. So I would say it takes about 45 minutes to an hour before it gets quote unquote good. Yeah, All like right. that's when you've unlocked your abilities. You go to the main town, right? And then I'm imagining after that is where you start to get into it, right, Nick? 
Yeah, and don't bother doing any side quests until you're at least like level ten, because they're just like you 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 get inundated with side quests in the first hub area, and you're like, what do I do? What do I do? You're way too under leveled. Just do the first couple main story quests, and then you'll get a feel for what's going on in the game. Awesome. We'll get in those hot tips in addition to a very good mm-hmm. uh, idea of what this end offers, and maybe if you if you try it out. Stick with it for a little bit, and hopefully they do f- figure out the co-op issues that they're experiencing right now, so that it'll be better for us later. Um, with that, let's go to the news. We don't have a lot of time. We have a lot of games to talk about, uh, but instead, there's a lot we could talk about. I think we're going to say some for next week. Uh, thanks, Ryan. You're gonna. I-, I built out some stuff for you already. Uh, we're good. But let's keep it to Halo, shall we? Just because that is a big part of the news, and I think there's a huge PSA here we need to have which is that the Halo Infinite tech test had some data miners. And la, la, they, la, 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 I do, the unearthed story leaks. Um, so Joseph Staten shared on Twitter that a small number of campaign files made their way into the tech test build, and this is what he posted on Twitter. Leaks like this are painful for the dev team and could ruin the campaign experience for everyone, Staten wrote. So please keep your eyes peeled for spoilers and don't spread them if you see them, which is... Massive bummer. I had some people ask yeah. me, it's like, what do we, what words do uh, we block? I'm like, I honestly have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's the thing. Uh, who's like, going to fall on that sword? <laughs> yeah. yeah. How, how, how does that happen still? Like, that's such a bummer. It happened to Mass Effect also. When Mass Effect 3's demo came out, there was a bunch of files in there mm. with all the script and everything. I just, I'm always bummed when, when this happens. Of course, they're going to date. People just can't leave things alone. They just can't leave things alone. Yeah. Let people enjoy things. Don't be a jerk about Halo. Exactly. Yeah. So if you do see something, please don't share it. And also, if you're going into any comments related to Xbox or with Halo, just be a little careful and um, try to take things with a grain of salt, hopefully. Maybe people are just <laughs> spreading rumors now, not that there's uh, story <laughs> leaks or the mention of story are, leaks out there. People are already sending me the spoilers. Like, I. <gasps> oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh my God. Sending it to me just to be well, here's a Thanks, rumor. Thanks, Internet. Wow. Stella might kick your butt if you share if you share uh, spoilers here. So uh, that's a rumor you can hold on to. You heard it here first. Stella mm. will come after uh-huh. you. Send spoilers. <laughs> um, so that's just a big PSA for everybody. So just be on the lookout for that. Um, then, as reported by VGC, we have some more data mine things. Um, there's an audio clip shared on Resetera. Um, it has the Halo announcer saying "Battle Royale." That is it. Just, just saying Battle Royale. Battle Royale. They said it like so many times. And they it's said it. A but joke. That was in 2018. And if Halo Infinite is a platform, that doesn't mean that they can't exclude it. Um, so I put, I put my flag in the ground. They're not doing a Battle Royale. Wow. I think okay. it's a joke. I think it's a joke referencing all the Battle Royale hubbub. Very definite. Stella, <laughs> you, you, have, you have thoughts. I don't know. I mean... It could be a joke just because the AI in the game was very sassy, like said a lot of things I didn't expect it to. Um, But at the same time, I feel like with the free to play aspect, Battle Royale could be could potentially be another uh, game mode. Um, I mean, look at Apex. Apex has a Battle Royale mode, but it wants to expand outside of that. What if Halo is knows that it's multiplayer is, multiplayer is strong, so it wants to expand outside of that and go to a Battle Royale? I mean, the system would work. I don't know how the shielding system, the healing stuff would work. Um, but I mean, you already have that system of picking up guns as you drop into a map. So I feel like it could work. I don't know if that's what people would want. I know the OG Halo fans probably would not want that. I don't want um, 
Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. I, I feel like it could go I, either way. It could be a joke. It could be real. Um, maybe they try their hand at it. Maybe it turns into Fallout 76's uh, Battle Royale mode where it just died. Who knows? <laughs> I, I want to get into it just to, for a second, Stella. Like, I don't think Halo needs a Battle Royale mode. I think it's going to be tremendously successful. Oh, no, I don't. And, like, yeah. It, it just bothers me because I see I see really big streamers and stuff saying it needs to have a Battle Royale. I'm like, no, it no. doesn't. It's a free-to-play, great shooter. Like, not every game needs to do the Battle Royale thing. Maybe maybe it's a limited time mode that comes around or something. Like, I, I don't know. I, I don't. Yeah, I mean, I don't see Halo needing Halo has such a solid community. It has such a solid base in the mul multiplayer universe. Like, why would it need a battle royale? I don't think it does, but maybe they want to experiment. Like, I mean, it's like I saying Rainbow Six Siege <laughs> needs a battle royale. It's just it just comes off to me as a little crazy. You know. I would just say, like, why would 343 also just arbitrarily draw a line in the sand and say, we're not going to add a potential game mode down the line? Like, Halo Infinite is going to be Halo for the next, for the foreseeable future. So, like, uh, it, it's weird because Halo has kind of been a game that has always served as a platform for innovation in terms of multiplayer. We saw it with Halo 2, where people were playing cops and robbers just through like uh, honor rules and then that ended yes. up getting turned into a full game mode of zombies in halo 3 so the fact that people and also the robust amount of uh, multiplayer tools that are available to tweak every setting like people are gonna make a battle royale mode eventually so like yeah i totally I, and also there's lore reasons why a battle royale would totally work like odst drop pods everyone's mm -hmm. an odst soldier they get ejected into the battlefield mm -hmm. there you go find your weapon so like there's stuff within the canon that makes it work from a logistics standpoint. And also, who's going to say, I don't want to add an extra game mode to my game for, for fun? Yeah, sure. I, I, mean, I could I see it. the worry being that there's too much of a focus on developing a battle royale that could compete with something like Fortnite. Mm. And I could see how that would be like a worry for other individuals who would see that as detrimental to... <laughs> the rest of the game that getting support and like you want that arena shooter you want their big team battles you want all of that to be the focus and if they take that focus away from battle royale then i i would see that concern but but look at apex though which was a battle royale that introduced arena gameplay and people seem pretty hyped about yes. it. i enjoyed the arena gameplay of apex i will say as i mentioned just give us a little holiday treat right Little, little battle royale treat a little more roll it in roll yeah it in every now and then doesn't have to be perfect we're just we're just goofing around yeah, I don't think it needs to be a permanent mode. I don't think Halo needs that. I think um, Halo strength is um, multiplayer. So I, you know, I, 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 as someone who likes Battle Royales, I don't think Halo needs one. Yeah, I, I, I don't uh, think anyone's saying I'm it like, needs well, There are some people who are saying who needs it, but, you know. So like just talking about this, I'm like, I really don't want it. <laughs> I really don't I want, want it to have any I want Battle Royale. It. I just want them to focus on like. I want it. Halo. I mean, this is going to be yeah. their first like live game anyways. Yeah. So they're already well, going to have a lot on their plate. So I really don't think that they need to add a, multi a, a Battle Royale. I mean, I want them to focus on this because it's still free to play and, you know, it, it will be fun. It's very open to casual players too. Um, so I, I feel like there's no need for Battle Royale. Battle Royale is just to try and even the grounds within everyone because like, you know, then you got to take into RNG your luck and finding uh, the best drop weapons and stuff. So I, I, I think, <sighs> I don't think there'll be a Battle Royale. 
I hear where you're coming Only? from, and I don't want you to feel like I'm coming at you hot or anything like that. I'm no, I'm like I'm I having don't. an emotional reaction. <laughs> no, I know. Just I, talking I, about <laughs> battle royale being added to Halo, I'm like just yeah, leave yeah. Halo alone. No. And I'm just, I'm just trying to look at the logistics of it. Like, yes, they yeah. could oh, if I they want to expand outside because they are still they are testing the waters with live service games, so they could potentially want to expand outside and maybe advertise to more casual players who like the battle royale aspect. But at the same time, I don't think Halo needs it. So right. And the more modes you add, the more fragmented each player base gets. So yes, it's True. like, hey, do you really want however many people in this battle royale pulled away from everything else? Yeah, maybe, maybe not. Who can say? Only time will tell. And we're actually <laughs> out of time for this episode because we're actually going long. <laughs> so thank you all. Uh, we will get to Annapurna. Shout out to Outer Wilds DLC. <laughs> and uh the 2k news and take two news as well next week um but thank you stella nick and dustin for talking with me about halo and thank you for our super producer red unfortunately we don't have time for <laughs> our show. if we want to really quickly go out of our own room and say where we can find each and one of you please do so dustin where can everyone find you I love the sound design in Halo Infinite. We didn't talk about that. <laughs> and uh, also, I play it on every platform, and it scales amazingly well all the way down to base Xbox One. This is a quick... uh, you can check out my performance <laughs> review soon on probably on IGN Games. And if you want to watch my personal stuff, youtube.com slash the Destiny channel. Awesome. Hey, how about you? Uh, you can find me on your social media platform of choice at Advent Nick. Awesome. Stella? Uh, you can find me at Parallax Stella everywhere, and I stream on Twitch every day. And now that Apex Season 10 is out, I'm going to be trying to do the grind to Masters. So, yeah, you can watch me there. Fantastic. And I am Raina, and you can find me at Havoc Gross on Havoc with a K pretty much everywhere. And with that, this is episode 505 of Podcast Unlocked. It's a long one. I hope you enjoyed it. And please talk to us about Halo, because obviously <laughs> we miss it already. Thanks so much, everyone. Yes. We'll be back next week. Bye. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.